and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey guys, and welcome back to TV My Husband Hates. Now, if you are listening to this on the Monday, it is officially... Blue Monday. Did you know that? Which means it's officially the most depressing day of the year, but we are here to cheer you up. How are you doing, Reagan? I'm good. I have never heard of Blue Monday. So really? Blue Monday is the 18th of January? It's always the third Monday in January. Yeah. No, Apparently, I've never, ever heard about that. Oh, Maybe it's well, not a listen, US thing. Every day is a fucking school day here. Um <laughs> But we are here to cheer you up so that your Monday isn't blue. Um, Yay! We've got a full roster of shows. We're losing some. We're going to pick some up some. soon. Um, but yeah, it's been um, it's been a week. How have you been, Reagan? Yeah, we've been good. We've been kind of same old, same old here. Um, we are in like the pit of renovation ridiculousness at the moment. Because of COVID and things shutting down, like we've just had to wait a million years for windows, but supposedly they're coming this week and we finally got permits through because obviously government agencies don't have to work normal hours like everybody else does. Got it. So yeah, so that, that's been this week, but I think we've turned a corner. So hopefully we will get out of the basement. <laughs> How long? When are you expecting to be out of the basement? <laughs> oh, I mean... I, I, it's going to be after my birthday. Our contractor says before, but I don't think so. So I think I will spend my 40th birthday living in the basement with my children. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> right. I'm writing a note. I have to figure out a way to at least make your 40th vaguely fucking memorable. This oh, is the, oh, these are dark days. Dark days, dark days, my friend. But I'm, I will have to say, you and Jimmy are nailing homeschool. I've been enjoying the stories. I've been enjoying the posts. Listen, um, we are, are fortunate and killing it. Mega fucking lucky that we don't have proper jobs and we can. We, <laughs> but you know what? It's it's like we can. Sorry, you lost me there. Somebody was calling me again. You need to tell them that they're not allowed. Like who actually calls I people on the phone anymore? Last week, it was my fucking brother. Now it's my lovely agent, Bonnie. Um, let's hope she gets the message that doesn't do Bonnie. what my brother did which is like continue to call 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 yeah i anyway. thought it was an emergency with your brother no no apparently yeah. just wanted to have a chat uh anyway <laughs> uh anyway homeschooling is yes. great we're really lucky and i it's it's like so much easier this time around right. we're pros my plate is far less full and we have got the ability for Jimmy to work from nine till four with Bo and for me to work with Billy from nine till four as well. Um, and for that, I'm very grateful. Do I think it's like, do I think it's mine or any parent's responsibility no. to be responsible for the entire education of their children? <laughs> no. Yeah. Because it's just an impossible time. Like, if you've got a normal job, this right. isn't just hard. It's not just a it's struggle. Impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. It is impossible. And parents are killing themselves trying to make a living, keep a roof over their heads, keep their kids educated. And there are going to be kids from every, well, 
most places in society that are really, yeah. really behind. But what really pisses me off is that it's going to be the really underprivileged kids For sure. that suffer the most. And nobody Absolutely. will give a it shit about is. them afterwards right. either. And that fucks me off. And... Oh. Well, like you and I were talking about earlier, we both still have really young kids, predominantly. Yeah. I mean, they're like early ed- early elementary year kids. So with our yeah. kids, there will be time for them to catch up and do whatever they need to do. But like, I feel bad for these kids who are leaving school this year or trying to get something together. They're leaving college this year. Like, it's just, it's a shit show, man. Well, and also that year group, like year seven to nine. So that kind of 11 to 14. Yeah. I think they're going to suffer the most because they need everything they're learning right now is ge- is getting them towards GCSEs and A-levels. Right. And at least the kids in the GCSE year have done it. Like, I get for it's sure. a shit show for them, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. But I genuinely am worried about those year sevens to nines that are missing out. And they're not the kids that are at home motivated to go and do their own fucking no, learning. they want to go hang out with their friends. And they're old enough to go and want to hang out with they their They want to play fucking Fortnite <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is. I don't know. Um. And I get it. And it's not okay. And I don't think, I honestly don't think our kids are going to be back in school before April. And that is heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking to me. I mean, and I get it. Like, I get it. We have to protect the NHS. I, I get it. But I just worry about the cost when it comes to our kids, even the economy will recover. Like it'll be shit and it might be hard, but we'll recover. But I just don't know about the impact on our kids. That really yeah. worries me. I mean, for me, what I most worry about economies in any places when we've had lockdown are those like small personally owned businesses, the personally owned restaurants, like those types yeah. of things where I don't know if they'll recover. And like that makes me sad because I don't want to live in a world just full of chain restaurants and chain shops. Like it's yeah. those little independents that make life interesting. So I hope that they're getting some financial help and... Well, we had able to do three, talking on that in the we US, had, um, they're not. <laughs> well, funnily enough, there was a Supreme Court ruling today in the UK, which um, had been brought about because insurers who had so businesses had insurance for like interruption to business. Right. Um, and when they applied for it on this, all the insurers turned it down and said, no, this doesn't count because, of course, everybody's like, like they just didn't God, want to fucking right. pay it. Um, sure. So it went to the Supreme Court and today the Supreme Court announced that they do need to pay it. And oh, um, and I think that's yep. a great move for small businesses. I've worked with a lot of small businesses, I agree. Yeah. It's just devastating in so many ways. Well, I um, hope they have the money to pay everybody. Like, I hope they just don't go the bankruptcy route and not pay anybody. Uh, you know, who Sorry. the fuck knows? <laughs> like I mean, no, I thought about here, it. But yeah. I thought about it and I wondered if that had been part of the Supreme Court's decision. Like why, like right. if I was a Supreme Court, I'd be like, we, before we make this ruling, we need to make sure that make these sure insurance the companies can cover this. I hope that's been done. Yeah. Um, who knows? Who knows? It's, it's, it's been a crazy time. I mean, 2021 is, uh, opened up with a shit show bang. So. But we all we'll like, I think we all brought it on. I think we all spent too long going, can't wait for next year. Next year's <laughs> going to be better. You know, I'm actually going to blame everything in the U.S. on Donald Trump. Like, he's the one that brought all this yes. stuff on that's going on with us anyways. <laughs> it's not even the coronavirus. Like, coronavirus is taking a back seat 
to this crazy but listen, man. So let's have a chat about Donald. Do you think he's going to go? Because I know that there's lots of people saying, why bother impeaching him now? But impeaching him now means that he gets a very different run. post-presidency life than yeah, he would so, if he wasn't impeached. So I don't know how much everybody knows about what presidents get, but they get money for the rest of their lives, like a pension, essentially. They get secret service for the rest of their lives. He can run again if he's not impeached. So there are there are some definite things that come from his impeachment. And obviously, I mean, we won't know about the impeachment before Joe Biden is in because it's a whole separate thing. So it passed in the House. And the kind of groundbreaking thing was that 10 Republicans actually voted to impeach him. It's been the most that a second party or the same party has actually voted to imp- impeach their president. So I don't know. I mean, my hope is that we have a really nice bipartisan government for the next four years where people are working together for the betterment of our country. (laughs) I'm putting that out there because that's what I would like to manifest. (laughs) I mean, it's dark that that's that you have to manifest that though, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think that's just the way it is. And I feel like it's been it's been moving this way ever since kind of ever since George Bush, like we're just getting further and further apart. And I think Trump was like the pinnacle of apartness for both Um, sides of our country. But there's I mean, there's spe- still people out there that believe what he says and think the way he thinks. And that's more scary to me than just this crazy man, to be honest. There's lots of speculation here that Biden won't last four years and it won't be long before Kamala Harris is at the head of the table. What do you reckon? I mean, they think he'll die. Like they think. I mean, no, that they just that that he won't be fit or he'll chew or something. There's a no, lot of I mean, speculation I, I think- that he won't he won't that he won't finish the four years. I've never, ever seen a president other than Nixon step down. I mean, if he's president, he's going to stay there for four years. I mean, unless some God awful health thing happens to him. I think, I think he'll be there the full four years. I don't ever see anybody turning down that role. I mean, that was a big worry when, um, what's his name? There's a Republican governor from, uh, McCain. When McCain ran, everybody really liked him because he was very moderate, but then he had that crazy lady from Alaska, Sarah Palin, his ticket, and it really cost him the race because he was older as well, and everybody was really worried, like, if something happened to him, she would be the first first female president, and nobody wanted that, so... I don't know, we'll see, but I don't know if he'll run again after, you know, after the four years. Who knows? Who knows? Well, listen, I mean, I'd love to sit here and talk fucking world politics with you, um, but... (laughs) We've got Let's way more important <laughs> smart shit to talk about. For sure. Uh, let's start with good. In fact, no, before we do that, can I just say rate and review, rate and review, rate and review? Yes. Just, just saying Get it, it up okay. there, people. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, <laughs> now let's go to Atlanta. And uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in Atlanta. None of it particularly exciting but fairly we didn't see anything of drew and ralph this episode no but i think didn't his dad pass away so i think they had to like go on emergency trip so i'm sure we'll hear all about it next week or on the next episode got it and we don't know about you guys but kat and i are kind of both in agreement that atlanta's dragging and it's not super exciting i mean i think the porsche stuff is really interesting i almost think porsche could have her own show yeah and that would be that would be fine. But I feel like Atlanta is just, and I don't know if it's PTSD from last season. <laughs> I mean, it might be. I mean, I'm it's with you. Porsche is, Porsche is great because she's 
we're obviously seeing something cool in what she's doing, but she's also got a wicked comic streak as well. So I'm I'm with you. I think if anybody gets their own show, it should be Portia. Um, speaking of Portia, let's talk a little bit about the kind of meetup that she has with her mum and her half-sister Lauren, although we're not allowed to call her half-sister. I'm only saying that just to get the facts in. Um, in sort of research for her book, In Pursuit of Portia, which... I'm not going to lie. I'm going to fucking read when that comes out. Let's do it. Let's read it. And we'll do like a book review. Either we'll do a, a mini or Yeah, or Patreon or something. But yeah, I'll totally read that with you. Yeah, let's do that. But it's. I thought this was really, really interesting because I come from a family where I am um, the youngest of four. Yeah, you're the Lauren of the situation, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am the Lauren. Of, well, yeah. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yeah. And basically, my older brothers and sisters came from my parents' first marriage. So we are very like, we're brother and sister, but of course we are halves. And as much as you do say to yourself, it's the same thing. It's, you know, we're not, there is a difference. There always is. Um, But I really related to this idea of them having different experiences of their dads, because my sister and brother had a very different experience of my dad than I did. Right. I don't have that personal connection because none of like none of my parents had kids after the kids they already had, if that made sense. So like my stepmom came into the relationship with my stepbrother. My dad came into the relationship with us. They didn't have any other kids together. Um, so I don't have any half siblings. I just have step siblings. So all of our interactions with our parents are all fairly similar, which puts us on more of like an even keel. Like we can all talk about how crazy they all are. So that's fine. But I don't think that's, I mean, that's definitely not the case for Portia and Lauren. I know for a fact that's not the case with you and your siblings. Yeah. So. And I think it's painful. It's like I recognized Portia's pain because you feel like you got the bum deal. And I think my brother and sister felt that a little bit. My dad was so fucking attentive. Like he was at every swim meet. He he timed every length I ever swam. Right. Um, and as much as they, my sister in particular is kind of happy that I had that experience. It isn't the experience that she had. And it is a weird conflict. And um, I just thought that that was, I just thought that that was interesting. No, I think it's super interesting. I mean, I think, like, I think about it as where, like, my favorite grandfather was, like, a terrible dad. I mean, not terrible dad, but, like, he was a dad of the 50s. Like, he was a very different dad than he was as my grandpa, like, took me to do every fun thing because he was never married when I was around. So like he was always my single really fun grandpa who like took us everywhere and did whatever we wanted. So he was like super indulgent, but he could be because he was our grandpa. You can't be that way as a parent. So like my mom's like, he was a great grandpa to you. And I love him for having that relationship. But like he and I did not have that relationship as like father daughter. And I think that's yeah. probably the closest thing I can kind of identify with that because I think that that's just life. Like the older yeah. you are, the more, you know, and the more, I don't know, I think the more maybe lenient you become or maybe aware of the stuff that you maybe missed out the first go round. And tolerant. I think as well, you become more tolerant of, of other people's flaws and difficulties yeah. and things. And you just, you know, I, I hear it a lot, like strict, difficult parents become the most loving of grandparents. Right. Um it, It's a really, I guess it's, it's, you know, it's something that just happens, but um. But yeah, I mean, it's so fun to see Portia growing into herself and like actively, consciously making that decision to better herself, to be self-aware, to understand this shit, which is so rare on these shows. Um, 
you know, she's come a long way from the Underground Railroad days. Absolutely. And I love seeing this like group of women being supportive of her for doing that. Like we see her mom being really supportive. Her mom is very loving and kind to Lauren, which I think is a really interesting dynamic because essentially Lauren's mom cheated on, I think, Portia. But that's like Gigi and me. For like, sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it was, but I it don't was honestly a common. bit like looking in a mirror. No, yeah, it's not yeah. common. But like Gigi no. is my mom's, my sister's and brother's mom. Right. And she refers to me as her daughter. Like when she meets, she's like, this is my daughter. And yeah. I've had people on Instagram go, oh, I met your mom in Spain. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's not my mom, but it is sort of my second mom. Yeah. And they all go dancing together. It's just really nice. No, I think it's it's really nice. And I think that's the way, if I was ever to be in that situation, I hope that I could handle it that way. Because it's yeah. definitely a more loving, supportive model than I think, I mean, than I'm definitely used to. Like my 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 parents don't get along like that. No. So when Elijah goes off and has a baby with another woman, um, then you yeah. can be, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how, see all how that, that goes. goes. I don't see it happening. <laughs> no, I don't see that happening either. <laughs> and I'm definitely not having any more children. So. <laughs> no. Well, listen, we also got um, Kenya half throwing a surprise engagement dinner for Cynthia to say sorry, but asking Candy to invite everybody because basically she knew that nobody likes her. She's Billy Nomades. Because she's Billy Nomades. That's a dark place to be. <laughs> well, she shouldn't have been such a dick. I mean, she, she only <laughs> has herself to blame. <laughs> you are not wrong. You make a good point. Um, yeah. Every time these women get together, it bothers me to my core that people are over an hour late for these events. Like, I don't know how to handle it. Like, I don't know if it's because it's filmed or this is just how these ladies roll on the daily. I mean, Portia gets, Portia gets like the stink eye from Kenya when she comes in an hour late. Toya turns up two hours late. Not a word said about it. Well, Toya's not even a real friend anyways. I don't even know why she was there. But um, we all we all know why she was there. Yeah, we all do, especially after this this uh, reveal of the nude pictures, which I will have to say, Kenya looks good in those pictures. She looked amazing for somebody who put on 30 pounds in lockdown. She looks amazing. Do you think that was pre lockdown weight or post lockdown weight? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe this was an old picture. But still, that would have been right after she had the baby. Yeah. So she I mean, she looks great. She looks phenomenal. I don't, I think there's definitely, listen, here's what I think. I think she's gone through a messy divorce. I think she's pissed off with men. Right. Still going through a messy, I think men have treated her badly her entire life. She's now just going, do you know what? Maybe I'll just flirt and try it, try it out with women and see how it goes. I know so many women, not so many, like (laughs) two or three who have divorced and ended up in a relationship with a woman and then gone back to going out with a man or what? Do you know what I mean? I think it's yeah. just quite a natural reaction sometimes. I feel um, like Kenya keeps Toya around because she needs a massive ego boost. Like, I think Mark murdered her ego. Yeah. And I think she needs someone just like, like a hype woman. And I think that's what Toya is doing for her. And I think that's why she's keeping her around. Do you know what I'm saying? Like overlooking yeah. some of the negative aspects of Toya's mouth just because she's like, Kenya's number one hype woman and like makes her feel good about herself and like flirts with her and gives her compliments. And it's just like, 
Yeah, and I ego. I 100% agree, but it almost feels a little bit like that kind of toxic rebound relationship. Like oh, you think it's sure. a good thing at the time, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to end very well. No, I always what feel I mean? like Toya could be like like the psycho ex-girlfriend. Like when it ends, it's not going to be like a pleasant, easy ending. No, no. It's, it's going to be a nightmare. She's not the person that has an amicable divorce. No. By any means. She sets I mean? everything she's, on fire. She is the she's like, of the show. <laughs> she is. Her middle name is Acrimonious. Like, this is not going to end very well. So sure. I think that um, I get it. I, I understand where it's all coming from. I don't think it's anything other than a thing for now. Yeah, I agree. Um, but we'll see. And uh, I mean, I, I can't. I mean, it's just one of those things. But <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let's talk about the engagement party. Yeah, let's um, talk that about that. was really nice. I do want to give Kenya some credit for throwing this party because she needed to, because she really botched, she could have really botched the engagement for one of her best friends. Yeah. So I think this is a good way for her to kind of pay Kenya back. But it was also kind of weird. Like, I didn't feel it was soulful. And I kind of wondered why the guys were even there. Like, they were so bored. I felt so bad for Mike and Todd. I could not agree more. Like it was flamboyant and extravagant, but there didn't seem to be anything loving and warm and intimate about it. Like I know she went for the chill vibe and all the rest of it, but it was like, it just felt really awkward and uncomfortable. It was cold. It wasn't chill. It was cold. It was frozen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was. And that's not what you want on your engagement party dinner. No, you want it to be loving and all about them and, I don't necessarily think it was all about Mike and Cynthia. I think it was about Kenya throwing the party for Mike and Cynthia. I mean, the fact that Mike and Cynthia walked in and didn't immediately understand that it was for them kind of (laughs) proves that this was not, this was about Kenya publicly trying to make amends rather than making Cynthia and Mike feel special. For sure. Um, But I mean, anyway, it was fine. And they had the Saudi prince's chef and... I mean, who yeah. gives a shit? Right. Um, and then, of course, we've got to discuss Candy saying goodbye to Riley. Oh, my gosh. I was in tears through the last part of this. Like, it's the, it's the part that actually touched me. Little Ace crying because he's going to miss his big sister and she needs someone to clean for her. <laughs> he is the cutest thing I- on the planet. He is so cute and so smart. He was really, really adorable. But also I think it's really interesting because I I can't wait to see Riley actually get to college and actually have to deal with it. I hope she does that thing a bit like Carrie's daughter's done in Dallas where she goes to New York and she suddenly like ditches the extensions and the fake eyelashes and becomes like kind of a bit woke or a hippie. Do you know what I mean? I want her to do that and come back. A completely different person. However, she's going to New York, not California. So there's a very different, like, culture in each of those states. Yeah. Like, she'll come back woke, but less hippie woke, more like fight the man woke, I think. But I mean, that's that'd be great as well. Yeah. I mean, she's just going to I feel like she's going to get a rude awakening. I feel like anybody who turns up to college with a party bus and a trailer is is perhaps not quite prepared for what's coming. Well, let's be real. It's also NYU. She's not going to be like, I don't think she's like living in dorms. I'm sure they said she's in dorms. I thought she was living in that apartment. No, no. They said that she was, they were going to dorms. 
Well, I think we all just need to temper our expectations. I don't think she's going to fall <laughs> as far because of the money that she has. Like, yeah, a normal it's always going to be slightly easier. Yeah, I think a normal kid would face reality a lot harsher. Yeah. I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. I was struck by actually... I think Riley's actually a good kid. All oh, in yeah. All. I think she's phenomenally privileged. But I think Candy has done a pretty phenomenal job of essentially raising her on her own. And I love the relationship that Riley has with the little kids. I think that's really sweet to see after being kind of an only child for so long. Yeah, and I think going back to that talk with Portia, there would have been room for for Riley to feel perhaps a little left out or isolated in this family unit when they started, when her and Candy and Todd started having kids. And that's not what's happened. I'm sure that's down to Candy making sure that everybody feels involved. And I agree with you. I think Candy is a phenomenal mum, a phenomenal parent. Um, But yeah, I think watching Ace cry and then saying that they had to take gloves for her because she didn't like to get her hands dirty. I mean... (laughs) He was so sweet. I I was in tears. Like it made me, it made me. I was in tears. I don't know how Candy wasn't in tears. No. Well, she was eating. She was eating her way through the Yeah. Is exactly the way I am probably going to have to deal with it when my kids are gone too. (laughs) Oh God bless them. Because you don't want to cry and make them feel bad. So you just keep, keep feeding your face. I think I'm just going to cry and make them feel bad. Yeah. No. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, with that out of the way, let's go on to Below Deck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the only way to approach this episode, isn't it? Dolores is insane, man. She is absolutely batshit crazy. I'm so glad. I mean, I, I feel... I feel like Captain Lee did exactly what we thought he would do last season, whereas like kick her off, keep the rest of the charter. I mean, if I was the rest of the charter, I would have done the exact same thing. Like you just drop our friend off. We're still going to have a good time. She's, but I also love how they didn't even give it a second thought. There wasn't even any deliberation. There wasn't even a moment of like, Oh, I feel bad, but I know it's the right thing. It was like, yeah, sure. No problem. There wasn't (laughs) a discussion between the two of them. They weren't like, Oh, do you think we should go? Like, I don't know. Feelings may be hurt. They're like, no, fuck her. We're staying here. It was like, yep, that's fine. No worries. Well, all done. Take her. And then she gets on the fucking tender. Jumps off the tender. She jumps off the tender. At that point, I was like, fuck you, Dolores. Like, when you are absolutely hammered and you make (laughs) a fucking do what you did the night before, like, you're hammered. It is what it is. But when you are stone cold sober and you just want to be an irritating cunt, no. Go away. Like, you pissing people off just for the sake of it because you're entitled get lost for sure and that's what makes me think like maybe she wasn't she we can't blame all her behavior on her being drunk like maybe she wasn't hammered she's just a dick yeah i was like how dare you like how dare you she ruined everybody's nights she really had to sleep watch and go on shifts and all this craziness ensued and 
I mean, it but also, well where's for the James shame, Elizabeth? No shame. Where's the shame? No shame. I would be when I when when Francesca goes to tell her with the charter guest that she needs the primary charter guest that she needs to leave. I would have been crying, embarrassed, mortified, all of these things. I would have been shaking and so apologetic. She's like, oh, all right. Because you're not an entitled dickhead. Yeah. Dolores is an entitled dickhead. True story. Facts. Um, so she goes, they drop her off, and then... We've but got- let's talk <sighs> about what happened that night. Because like her behavior did allow for some uh-huh. bumping of the uglies to happen some mucky cuddles mucky cuddles mucky dank boat oh, cuddles th- there's nothing like hearing this <laughs> on the camera <laughs> it's gross when someone's alone it's gross when they're not <laughs> nobody oh. needs sound effects i don't know how many times we have to say this we all knew what was happening we don't need the sound effects because you know what that sound effect is yeah. It's the balls flapping. <laughs> and that's all I it can is. picture is like saggy balls, balls like- flapping against somebody's like perineum. It's not cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's well, just not cute. At least she's never had kids, so her perineum is probably totally intact. <laughs> totally intact. Lucky bitch. Um <laughs> Balls on the perineum. I feel like that maybe should be the title for this episode. <laughs> oh my god, a quote of mine rather than a quote from the show. Balls on the perineum. Let's do it. Yes. Um, anyway, so they get it on. And they get it on. Put Izzy's nose out of joint because it smells of sex. Ooh, I mean, it is a small room. I have to give her some credit yeah. for that. Like, well, let's I be real. Only- She's rooming with James. She's rooming with the dude. So there's already going to be like dude yeah. odor. And then there's like. Come stink. Oh. Anyway, she's not happy. She, but she does. I feel like, I feel like she's she, making a little bit too big of a, a deal. Like I understand she's sick and she doesn't feel well. I, I kind of feel like I'm surprised Eddie even. I mean, because Eddie didn't make her do the watch. She volunteered because Eddie was yeah. like, no, like you can just sleep. And she's like, no, 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 I'll do it. And then get you know gets her panties in a wad about. James and Elizabeth not wearing panties in the room. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Then, but I, I also think then the next morning, Francesca takes it as like just an opportunity to really give Elizabeth another hard time. Like I, I'm no real Elizabeth fan. Right. But I think anybody else could have got away with this without an official chat. And they bring them up to the deck and they talk yeah. to them and like give them a dressing down. And I just think... This isn't anything we haven't seen on any other series. Like, people are always hooking up on boats, and nobody's ever got a bollocking for it. Well, thank God Eddie was there, because Francesca would have gotten her fired over it. She would have gone and tried to have that conversation with Captain Lee, where Eddie's like, let's just calm down. We can have the chat with them. And I think Eddie did it more because Izzy was upset. Like, if you're going to do this, you need to not make other people upset about it. So I think they, they should have had a chat about that even though I think Izzy was making too big of a deal about it. But I mean, thank goodness he was there. I would, But I would have loved to see Francesca try to have this conversation with Captain Lee. You took the words out of my mouth. I can just imagine how impressed Captain Lee is with hearing this story. Like he couldn't give less care. of a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Did somebody die? No, yeah, no. I don't care. <laughs> uh, he's got bigger fish to fry right now. You know, suicidal sure. jumping guests than fucking these two 
women, p- women, these two people who can't keep their hands off each other. Like, let's sure. just call it what Look, it is. They're both young. They're both hot. They want to do it. Yeah. It's fine. I get it. Yeah. Um, and they do go on a date. They do. I feel like this is, I mean, J- James is not the fuck boy that he seems to be on the outside. No, I think he's a party boy. I think he likes yeah. to get hammered. I think all of those things. But I do feel like if he's with a girl, which is he's rare, with a girl. he's yeah. with a girl. And I think he likes her. I think he's going to realize that she's n- not, there's not enough banter. Like the For sure. B- British boys love the banter and the piss taking. And that yeah. is not the Californian girl way. No. So I think that's going to be, he's just going to get bored. Yeah. But, um, for now, I mean, I think they have. I think they're genuinely trying to make a real connection. For sure, I think they're having a good time. I think it should. It should all be good. I mean, I, nobody else cares other than Francesca and Izzy. Nobody else. No, cares. I mean, fill your boots. Um, yeah. And then they get the news, of course, that they are going to the beach club for their day off the next day. This is also what I kind of don't like about Izzy. I, I'm not an Izzy fan. This this episode, I I've. I actually have been in past episodes. I think she's been killing it by being on the deck. But I think if you're too sick to work, you're too sick to go to the beach day. Like, come on. I kind of agree. And I wonder if that's I mean, just... I would want to go too. Like, I totally yeah. get where she's coming from. But... I was surprised she even asked. Like, I would have been, like, kicking myself. Because I would have been like, I'm too sick to work. I can't very well now ask to go on the beach day. Like, I just wouldn't have done it. Absolutely. You know, she's maybe it's just a millennial thing. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. But I, I was with know. you. Anyway, I'm glad that she went because I feel like even though it was the most painful thing to watch, I wouldn't have wanted to miss the car crash that was Rachel. Oh, my dear Lord. I feel like Rachel needs to have a serious look at her relationship with alcohol. Uh, I, I Yes. And maybe this show will give her that because it will be all on camera. I I hope so. I, I I was saying to you before, like, I get it when it's three o'clock in the morning and everybody's hammered. I have been known to invade the odd stage and commandeer a microphone. Absolutely. And it is not my finest moment. And I am mortified about it the next day. But it feels like an appropriate time to do it at three sure. in the morning when everybody's shit faced. It also feels like a band is kind of prepared for that bullshit at 3 a.m. in the morning. If a band is still there at 3 a.m. in the morning, yeah. they're expecting to be joined. <laughs> True story. But for her to be doing it at like 11 o'clock when everybody else is just chilling and stone cold sober. Yeah. That's when you have to question your relationship with alcohol. I feel like her problem is she doesn't ever stop. Like she starts in the evening. Like she started in the evening the next day. I feel like she just drank like the whole way through the entire yeah. time of not having guests. And it does not, does not do her personality any favors. No, it's not a healthy, it's a binge, right? It's like, as soon as For they're sure. off the boat, she's on it and she doesn't stop until they're back on the boat. And yeah. That would be fine if she didn't act like an aggressive, psycho, crazy person when she was drunk. For sure. And at 11 o'clock in the morning, when people are just like sipping their Bloody Marys and trying to tuck into some brunch, it's it's just not the time or place. And it violates the don't embarrass yourself, don't embarrass the boat rule. I know, which we've all heard a million times. Like, yeah. even I'm worried about embarrassing the boat on a daily basis. Sure. because And I... I <laughs> 
I take that to heart. I mean, I don't want Captain Lee coming after us for embarrassing the vote. Absolutely not. Um, Yeah, I find I'd be interested to see what the reaction is because I feel like they're going to go to Captain Lee's going to find this out. And I think there's going to be a conversation. I'm interested to see how Rachel responds. I think she's going to be really aggressive, defensive. Ooh, rather than contrite. The problem is she cooks amazingly well, like better than anybody else on the boat. So I think she's had leeway to like act crazy because the food is so perfect and spot on for everybody. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. His hit. Well, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, but yeah, she's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Dallas. 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 Welcome back, Dallas. <laughs> Hi, Dallas. How are you doing? I have always loved this franchise, so I'm really hoping that this season is a good one. I feel like it's going to be. I think it's kicked off with a bang. We obviously did not get to talk about the first episode because not only it was dur- like it came out in the US while we were on our Christmas break, but it also didn't come out in the UK until like this week. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so so I think we got like, this week. we got Dallas on Monday, the first episode on Monday, I think. And then we got the second episode on Wednesday, whatever it was. So anyway, we're, we're yeah. all caught up. We're here. All caught up. Um, but we couldn't include it in the, last week's uh, podcast. But now we are here on yes. episode two and um, we pick up with, I guess, a story that dominated the news, well, the reality TV news when For the sure. show wasn't on, which was, of course... Brandy's video of her discussing her squinty eyes and doing a kind of Asian accent. Yes. With it. Now, three years I, ago as well. Three years ago. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I really appreciated the way that both Tiffany and Brandy handled this exchange. Um, and I think that the reason that Brandy still has a job when Leanne doesn't is because Brandy is owning it is sorry, humble shame. Like she's feeling all the shame. She's feeling too much shame at this point. Like I want to just cuddle her and say, you, you have done everything. Like you are doing everything. Um, But yeah, I think I was really impressed with this conversation and and it really kind of gave me hope that this as a model for how people can have this conversation on their own. Totally. I'm so happy that that conversation was captured in this season because I do think this conversation needs to be shown. People need to see that you can talk about difficult issues. You can make a mistake and be corrected and it not be the end of the world as long as you learn and you move forward. The conversations with Carrie and Leanne last season during the reunion would never... There, There is no like reconciliation. There's no self-awareness on Leanne's behalf. Leanne doesn't give two fucks. So that's why Leanne is off the show. Whereas I think you're absolutely right. Brandy is feeling all the feelings, all the remorse and is truly sorry for what she did. And I think as well, Tiffany didn't owe her that conversation. And I think that's where the generosity came from. Like Tiffany didn't owe her that explanation or, you know, that context. And yet, it was very generous of her to do that. And it was very humble of, of Brandy to take that gift and, and accept it in the right way. And I, you know, I think what she did was wrong. Of course it was. We all know that. Yeah. But I think we've all done wrong things. And 
they don't have to define you. You can do something wrong and try and fix it and grow and learn from it. In fact, that's probably the best way to grow and learn, right? Is the mistakes that you make. So while I think Brandy does obviously have to be remorseful, I think she also needs to give herself a little bit of a break right now. For sure. I mean, she needs to give herself a little grace. It was something that happened a long time ago. She's obviously learning and educating herself on why it was wrong. And she also took it like I I'm kind of a, at a loss like here because obviously this happened way before even the Leanne stuff happened. It was also taken off her social media account. So somebody did some digging and found this, um, which I kind of have an issue with whoever that person was. I think that's gross behavior. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, Brandy could have already learned from that. I guess this is kind of like my point. I think she yeah. has, has already learned from her mistake by the time we see this. But I like that she listens to Tiffany's story and that Tiffany took it upon herself to educate her about that. Because you're right. Like, Tiffany owes her nothing. She owes yeah. her no, no explanation. She's never met her before. Like, you know, never. this is... But I love I, that Tiffany is that person that shared her story to make Brandy really understand why it was so hateful. Well, and I really am impressed with Tiffany. Like, I think she's probably not somebody that I would be friends with. But it'll be We would have a lot in common because I right. feel like she's so crazy uber smart that I yeah. might feel a bit stupid next to her. <laughs> um, uh, but that being said, I think that I really like her. And obviously, I think Tiffany's inclusion as a cast member is is part of Bravo's commitment to diversify their franchises. Right. And I was saying this to you earlier. I really love that in doing that, they're not going for trophy wife or, you know, just yeah. rich people. They are really trying to get, like, you think of Wendy in yeah. Potomac. You know, they've got a professor. Um, think of, and, and Tiffany here, they've got the MD. They're not just pulling out, you know, people who married well. They're really right. starting to showcase strong, intelligent minority women. And I think that is commendable. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal. And I'm here for it. I'm here to see more of it. I'd rather see more interesting people anyways than just kind of trophy whatever that, aren't really doing anything. I I like to see really strong working independent, you know, no. or working or not working. That doesn't matter to me, but you know, I don't know, just more interesting points of view. I was like, rather to think than of like myself. a cast f- full of Camerons. Yeah, no, totally. I always like to think of myself as a trophy wife. It's just that it's the runners up trophy. That's, that's the thing. You're the bronze medal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the participation trophy. That's me. <laughs> That's me. That's fine, though. I'm fine with that. Um, as long as you're yeah, talk, talking of Cameron, I don't know how to take this woman. Like, I don't know whether she's really fucking smart or really fucking stupid. Like, I genuinely, I genuinely have no idea. Because, because her timing is so spot on. You really have to wonder if it's an act and she's just got it all figured out. I mean, sometimes her comic timing is is fucking insanely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I don't warm to her because I just, if I knew she was just a bit dim, I'd be like, well, that's kind of cute. But I genuinely don't know. I don't trust I her. She's like, an, she's like an evil genius plotting everything in the background. Do you know what she is? I don't know what film it is, but I feel like behind closed doors, like her scalp splits from the middle and she opens up. It's like the witches. She's like yeah. the witches where like she just becomes, she takes off her hair and her eyelashes and she just becomes this like, evil genius um 
I don't know, but she is, uh, she's exhausting to watch. She really is. Like, I just go back and forth with her. Sometimes I really like her. Other times I just physically find it painful to watch her. I feel bad for court just having to manage everything. Well, like, and I can appreciate when she says, I want to be involved. I get like, of course. Fair. But then I'm like, but then you can't take to your bed for two days like, and refuse to get up and then cry for two weeks because the house fell through. Like, you can't say, I want to be a grown up at the table, but then behave like a toddler. For sure. I mean, I was telling you, I kind of identify with that because every time my husband gets the whiff of like, oh, maybe we could move overseas. I just get really overexcited and we've, I've planned out the next five years. I have to keep that in check. But also I just tell him, like, don't tell me till it's a thing. I don't want to know. Yeah, but also you don't like take to your bed for two no. days and cry like a baby. We have the don't tell me until it's a thing conversation versus me being a 1920s woman who caught the vapors and had to go to the Shays Lounge. I mean, listen, talking of vapors, uh, Deandra and her shaman. Like I donate can't. your money to charity. Yeah. Stop <laughs> wasting all your money on bullshit, Deandra. This is like a perfect example of rich people with too much money and not enough fucking sense. And I have to give kudos to the shaman. Like I have to give credit to the guy that's like, do you know what? I'm going to grow my sideburns. Yeah. And that's going to make me a shaman. And then I'm just going to tell people I'm a shaman. And basically I'm just going to go and snot, suck the snot out of their nose. Like we do do to our babies. For sure. A hundred percent. So, I mean, I guess you have to give him credit if he's willing to suck rich people boogers out for their money, then more power to him. I'm not willing to do that. I can only imagine what she's fucking paying him. And basically he then sits there and they have a chat. I mean, she could just go with (laughs) a mate to the coffee shop and say, I would say to the same thing to her. Yeah. You know, you Go have a glass of wine with your mates. Your reactions, you know, you just yeah. blah, blah, blah. Do fucking pay me twelve hundred bucks free. an hour. <laughs> For sure. For sure. <sighs> Deandra, if you'd like to have more of this chat, we are available. <laughs> you can email us at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. <laughs> we'll give you mates rates, babe. A hundred percent. We'll do virtual drinks. It'll be way more fun. <laughs> so much more fun. We'll sort you out. And we won't have to sn- suck your snot. No, we'll drink dirty martinis with you. Also, just a note. Yeah. How COVID safe is snot sucking? Not, not at all. It goes against all CDC recommendations for COVID protection. For any protection. But when we've got a global pandemic, not a global pandemic, I can't believe I just did that. A pandemic. (laughs) You've been brainwashed by reality TV. Global pandemic is tautological. Of course, a pandemic (laughs) is global. Um, but when we've got a pan- pandemic, surely that's the last thing that you want to be doing is sucking somebody else's snot. I mean, in real life, without a pandemic, the last thing I want to do is suck my children's <laughs> boogers out. I do it because I'm their mother, but that's about the that's the line. There's no way I would go to a stranger and suck their nose, even without a pandemic going on. Do, do you know, I remember Billy being tiny, tiny, six, seven months and um, having the worst cold. And you know, you get those machines, those like little things where you stick one end up their nose and you suck the other end and there's a filter that stops the snot going into your mouth, but you do it. Anyway, I was doing this and it's like four in the morning. She can't breathe. And 
it's not working. So I literally, this is what happens when you're a desperate mother with no sleep. I literally put my mouth over her nose. Just sucked. And just sucked. I took it all like a fucking mother champ. That's how dark those days get, by the way, if you don't have kids, that's what you're forced to do. Yeah, that's what you're missing out on. Enjoy. Even thinking of it makes me want to vomit a bit. Um, But yeah, let's let's move on um, to the other ladies. uh, Yeah, who probably have more money than sense. Um, Carrie is not very nice. No, this dim sum meal is yeah, uncomfortable for a number of reasons. Like, good on Tiffany for taking these women out of their comfort zones for for being like committed to putting her culture out there and showing them and educating them. Absolutely. Um, I love, let's talk about the things we liked about the meal first before we get on to Carrie. I loved the questions. I thought everybody was really opening up and being vulnerable. I I like that Tiffany actually cares to get to know everybody rather than it just being this bullshit facade friendship. I like that. Is there anything else that you liked? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I think Carrie was being a massive dickhead to Deandra for seemingly I She's being no a bitch. In yeah. front of everybody. It's just, it's And gross. I get that, like, Deandra's a hypochondriac. Like, we've all known yeah. that. But I also think if there's ever a time to be a hypochondriac or to be hypervigilant, maybe COVID is it. Like, if you think you've got symptoms, go for a fucking test and just find out. Like, what's, who's, who is she harming? She's not harming anybody. She's paying for, like, nobody cares. Just let her I do get, her. I get taking the piss out of your mates for being a little bit of a hypochondriac. I 100%, 100%. get that. That is not what she was doing. She was out no. for blood. She was being a fucking dickhead. I would have I, I would have left. Like, or yeah. I would have called it out. Like, it was mean. And, and yeah. I felt like the other girls could have called that out as well. Mm-hmm. Because it was relentless. And it wasn't, like... I felt sorry for Deandra. But it almost seems like this is kind of who's Carrie's becoming because like Tiffany, like I think, I think it's scenes for next one where Tiffany feels like I felt a little bit bullied about like the drinking when we were all at the pool party and things like that. And they're like, oh yeah, like Carrie's kind of a hazer, like a frat boy hazer. It's like, there's nothing that I would want to be identified with less than a white frat boy hazer. That sounds horrendous. No, all I think of is like rape. I mean, that's, I mean, it's just not, I mean, yeah. sorry to be so blunt, but like, <laughs> no. yeah. um, that's what it, they it's do. not a good association. And, and no. I think she is very unhappy. I mean, I think she's just for very sure. unhappy for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But the I way that she, in her relation- yeah. Yeah. But the way she behaves is not it's okay. Gross. It's gross. It gross. And then I don't know if you've seen on social media, like she made a comment about Tiffany being a snake. So she like put one of her necklaces, like it's like this beaded necklace with like this like silver snake on it. And Carrie posted, it was like, this would be my necklace for Tiffany, blah, 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 blah. And Tiffany like did this massive comeback where it was like, I would not be caught dead on one of your necklaces, but I donated the money that it would have costed to like this organization. Like Tiffany. Amazing. Spot on. So this is happening real life right now. So I think we're in for a very hot, fiery season. And actually, I want to shout out. There's an amazing account on Instagram. Talking of necklaces. Talking of necklaces, because this is where I saw the post. Um, it's uh, was it? It's the Real Bad Necklaces. It's this uh, 
amazing account about reality TV stars neckwear. It's fucking hilarious. Everybody, if you like us, you'll love her. We're going to try to, I think, get her on the podcast. Yeah, she's based in the UK. I'm going to reach out to her yeah. and see if we can get an interview with her because I would love to talk to her. It's such, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's one of the best accounts. So if, if you like that sort of thing, go follow her. That's where I saw the like Tiffany, Carrie feud um, kind of break. So, um, But yeah, I mean, that dim sum was dark. And then the chicken feet thing with Cameron and all the rest. Oh. I mean, I don't know. Oh. I don't know if I try chicken foot, not because I'm not against trying new things. I just yeah. have a personal thing with eating things that are in their shape. Got it. I've tried like, a chicken foot. Like when I was in China, I tried one because how was that's, it? that's what you do. They're not particularly tasty. Like I, I would liken it to like a, like a chicken wing. Yeah. You know, like where there's bone and there's cartilage and all that, but there's not enough meat. Like if the yeah. feet were a little meatier, they would be better. It's just the gris. It's just the cartilage, isn't it? It's just the collagen yeah. and the gristle. Yeah, yeah, which I is mean, good for you and your skin. But, um, but I thought Cam was a massive baby about it, and I do feel like Cam eats like a toddler, like all yeah. beige foods. So I don't know how she's not six hundred pounds. No, but also like just putting the food down on the floor and pretending it's just so, Ugh, it's so rude it's and so childish. Yeah, it's just disgusting. So just try a little bit of it. I mean, let's see. Uh, what's her face? Um. Stephanie didn't like it either, but she tried it and then was like, oh, I don't care for that. It moved on and didn't make a big thing of it. I don't like how Cameron makes a big deal about things. Well, I think what we're going to find is Tiffany is going to raise the bar and and we're going to find out which of the women don't measure up. You know, we're going to see Tiffany being strong and smart and open minded and tolerant and intelligent and educated. And I think a lot of the women are going to feel threatened by it. And the ones who are who sh- who like ha- share those mannerisms will rise and the others are just going to get nasty and bitchy. Yep. I think you are right. I can't wait for uh, next week's episode. It should be interesting. Me too. But in the meantime, let's move on to the OC where we had the season finale. Thank God. I'm over. I'm like, I'm so over it. And I saw this interesting thing um, in social media because as everybody I'm sure is aware The Real Housewives of New Jersey is starting back up. It'll be out in February. So that will be rejoining us. And someone pointed out, like, they're really excited about New Jersey because it's been the same group of women. So you're kind of invested in their dynamic, which I think makes a lot of sense. The OC is so disjointed right now. I (coughs) honestly do not care. I I maybe care about two people on that show. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. It's not even just that the individuals keep turning over so quickly. It's that it doesn't give room for the relationships to bond. So no. the storylines aren't really there either. And it's just, I mean, I I like Elizabeth and I'm in, like, she's got a story. Yeah. But I need her in three seasons time. For sure. For sure. Like the people I care about probably most right now are Gina and Emily. And they're not even, and I don't even feel like I know them that way. I feel like we're just starting to get to know Emily. This season, I think, is the real Emily who we've been like waiting for. And obviously she feels better. She got her hip replaced, all that good stuff. So we probably see her in her best light again, which I think she's fun. I think she's hilarious. I also see her kind of taking a leadership role in the group. Like, I don't know, like her doing the toast and everything like that, I think was very telling. I agree. And I think I've, 
thought exactly the same. It could have been Shannon. It could have been Kelly. And the fact that it was Emily, who before has always felt like, yes, a castmate, but a bit on the sidelines, suddenly felt right in the middle. And I think it's because it's so fractured. And like you say, I think everybody's feeling a a connection more to Gina and Emily. And Shannon, we're just a little bit over. Kelly is just a caricature. Um, I think Kelly is over it too. Like, I think she's going to marry Rick and be done with the show. Like, I don't think she needs the show anymore. No, I agree. And I think Bronwyn obviously has, she's too vulnerable. It's too much to be watching her right now. And I appreciate what she's doing. And I think with reflection, she might decide that it wasn't the best idea to film this season. Um, But yeah, I on Bronwyn are, I appreciate it if it's all real. Yeah. And and I I agree. I, I doubt I don't know. I just have a weird feeling with her and her stuff. I agree. And I don't think she knows who she is. Maybe. Maybe. But um, I'm not sorry to see the back of this season. No. And And I I can't really get excited about the next season. No. I mean, I think think we're going to see a massive shakeup. I hope there's some more diversity on this show. If there's not, I don't know if there's really reason to watch it. Because it's just not like... It's not fun to just watch a bunch of entitled white women talk shit about each other. And talk shit about very first world problems as well. Like I get yeah. that alcoholism is a real problem, but alcoholism when you're a millionaire in the OC is not as big of a problem as alcoholism well, when you are like on your ass in yeah. fucking Harlem. Like it's just not the same thing. And It's not the same. Quarantine's not the same when you have no. a massive place and you can afford to do all these things. It's not the same as people who are struggling to work and teach and do all that shit. Like it's just, and it's I'm just sorry not that the Elizabeth- right tone for right now. No, and and obviously Elizabeth's sexual abuse and her childhood was awful. But again, she's in a position where she can have a very expensive therapist come to her house right. and she's safe and she's got a roof over her head. And it's, and it's just, there's no real recognition of that. And it all just feels a little bit tone deaf For sure. right now. It's a bunch of, it's like way too much entitlement in one place. And I think that's yeah. why I like Gina and Emily. Like Emily is just entitled as the other ones, but she is working. And she was really struggling with quarantine and trying to work and having a sick husband. Like that felt more real. And Gina's issues that are going on feel more real. And I think that's why I like both of them. And so, I mean, it'd be interesting if they're the only two that come back next season and we've got a bunch of other new people. Maybe it can be some of their friends who are equally as real. I don't know. Well, and maybe the tide is changing. Maybe the mood is changing. And maybe we don't, like at first it was great to see this how the other half right. live but maybe we're done with that and actually yeah. maybe now what we want is people who look a bit more like us and who have houses a bit more like us like i right. genuinely would think that would be really fun to watch For um, sure. they might not fight as much but no i don't know i think oc needs looking at <laughs> almost certainly we drink definitely <laughs> but i think the oc needs serious looking yeah. at it needs reworking i mean it was the first of all the show it was the yeah. very first show to come out so i think it was groundbreaking for when it was but it was also more real when it first yeah. started than it is yeah now. it was it's gone on for a long time um however i would be remiss if we didn't mention i think one of our joint favorite moments of reality tv of 2021 when Elizabeth goes on and on about knowing Vince Neil and calls the number and it's the wrong oh my number. God. Fucking that amazing. Me- probably one of my reality TV highlights. All of all time. I've, yeah, of all time. I feel like that made up. 
if I had to watch however many episodes I've just watched of that for that 30 second interlude, I'm here for it. I'd do yeah, it again. I, yeah. It was I mean, brilliant. let's all be happy. The OC season was not as long as Atlanta last season. I mean, this is only the 14th episode. So, I mean, you know, we're looking at only 14 weeks, not half a year. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I think. I think Corona, I think a lot of things just were a mess. Okay, so let's move on to Salt Lake City. Woo! This was uh, an interesting episode after yes. the last one. Like the fallout uh, episode. I mean, we talked a lot about how Whitney was like a deer in headlights, completely out of depth, taken on something she could not handle. Um, Nor understand. And <laughs> this, yeah, and this was the fallout. Um <sighs> Oh, there's so much, there's so, so much to talk about. Yeah, I think first off, I feel like at the very beginning of the episode, Whitney is a little bit misremembering how things actually happened. Because she has a lot uh-huh. of blame for Heather, like messing up the delivery. And I don't seem to remember it that way. <laughs> I think she came in pretty hot with Heather. Like, I thought Heather handed that, handled that really, really well. To be honest, I, mean, I would Heather have been just like... ran away. <laughs> yeah. I think I, Whitney came in. Hot as fire, not as like, oh, I just have something to tell you really quickly. I don't but think she that's was like, happened. it was your fault. You spoke over me. Uh, no, sweetie. That's not how it happened. You had like 75 tequilas too many <laughs> and went in like a bull in a china shop and yeah. fucking you lit the match and then walked away and went, it's not my fault. And it was. And it was, it was like I get, it was poor timing. I, you yes. didn't come with malice in your heart. No, but, but you fucked it. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing. This is the thing. Like I, I've always loved Whitney. I've never had a bad yeah. word to say against her. On this episode, I was like, sweetheart, you have to. It, yes, Jen absolutely is responsible for her reactions. Yes. And no matter what had happened, Jen could have chosen to throw a glass or not throw a glass. Yes. That is on Jen. Absolutely. She could have chosen not to ruin and cause us fuss at Sharif's party. She could have walked away. I mean, bottom line, your behavior is your behavior. You alone hold that power. But Whitney could have chosen any other time. Like even on the episode before when she's like, I'm going to talk to her about it at a party. I'm like, no, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. idea. Even batshit crazy Mary is like, why would you do that? at his party like I think that if Whitney had stood up immediately and gone I fucked up my timing yeah I came to you as a girlfriend but I did it in completely the wrong time and place Jen wouldn't have had the outburst about you fucked my marriage that she did at the spa which I put in um quotation marks yeah it was definitely like a hippie natural spa I mean those natural (laughs) hot waters are nice but that place looked like a killing field yeah, it didn't look like it didn't look like Jen Shah's type of place. No. That's not where you take Jen Shah for an apology spa. No. We all know that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I th- I think that they both have to take responsibility for their own actions, but I do think that Whitney needed yeah. to get there a little bit quicker than she did. Yeah, it was it was drawn out for sure. I still don't really understand why Heather was apolo- like Heather needs to stop apologizing for shit that is not her fault. Heather, none of this was your problem. None of it was your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Heather is so 
broken from yeah. that from that Mormon relationship breakup, yeah. whatever it was. It's she's just her need to be accepted and pleased and please. It's just so sad to watch because we see her being such a badass sure. in business and sure. building this empire and doing cool things. And I really, really loved the chat about how finding her financial freedom has allowed her to be free in other ways. Like she feels she can now speak her truth and own her voice in a way that she couldn't when she was dependent on a Mormon man and the community and had to play a role. Absolutely. Um, However, just to interject, she still needs to take alimony from that jackass because he's absolutely. the one that like banned her from her life. Even if she doesn't spend it, like put it in trust for the girls or whatever, that man should should be financially responsible for what he decided to do. Anyways, continue. Sorry. No, but I agree. But it's the same yeah. thing with why she's taking the blame for the thing. She's like, she doesn't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Right. She, she just wants to make herself feel uncomfortable. And it's just bullshit. She's amazing and she needs to own it. Um, 100%. Can, you'd mentioned Mary. Can we have a chat about Mary and her fashion as an escape <laughs> excuse? Like we all Tell know, me. Like you just need to actually deal with your issues. And actually, I could do without Mary being on the show. I'm, I'm going to just put it out there. I don't feel like she has a right space within this group. It doesn't gel with her. I think it gels really well without her, actually. Um, yeah. And I think there's some major issues going on there that she just needs to work through versus I mean, buying I, more stuff. I find her really intriguing to watch because she's yeah. like nobody else I've seen before. But in terms of the sad. dynamic or the chemistry with the rest of the cast, it isn't there. And there's obviously been a divide that ha they haven't been able to overcome. Um, and in the first season, that's always sad. And I guess it's just a case of cutting the wheat from the chaff now and maybe she won't be back. Um, yeah. I don't find her relationship with the other girls sad. I, feel, I find watching her really sad. Like, because yeah. I feel like we're watching someone who is really traumatized fairly yeah. early like fairly young and we're just buying stuff to like make us feel better and it's becoming like a high-end hoarder like we talked about last week situation and it's it's disturbing to me yeah I think you're right I haven't thought about it like that but you yeah. but you're right I mean she isn't as she isn't as stable and there yeah. is like of course that kind of you just want to watch it like the car crash thing right, but actually right. I think you're right. I think there's something deeper there and it is trauma and it's dark. And I think maybe she just needs to not be on the telly. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, before we leave the Salt Lake City, let's just talk about Jenna Sharif's final conversation when he finally returns home after four days. I mean, oh. I get this whole... I, I have to say, Jimmy has... If Jimmy ever just walked away for four days and didn't pick up my phone, my calls will tell me when he was coming back. I, What's going I on with these men? I, I fucking don't deal see, with it. I don't see how that's appropriate in any sort of long-term relationship just to stop speaking to somebody for four days because you're mad. No. You need to like put you're your a big grown up. pants on and have the conversation. As hard as it may be, you need to have the conversation. I don't... I mean... Like, if Elijah did that to me, we would not, we would probably not be together. I no, don't I mean, it. I appreciate the sentiment of not wanting to go into a conversation when you're raging. Like, of course. For sure. But I think there's a difference between doing it in the heat of the moment at the night of, of or even the morning after. Yeah. I think by the next day, lunchtime, evening, you should be able to fucking sit down and have that conversation. Or even if it takes you four days, you have a word. Like, yes. I'm livid. 
I need time to process my feelings. We will speak about this in a few days because I, yeah. I definitely am that person in our relationship. Like I need time to process how I feel about things to not be a raving lunatic in a fight. So I have the, I ha- I have that conversation now. Like I'm not ready to talk to you about this yet. I'm upset about it, but I'm working through things. Why don't we talk in a couple of days about that? But I don't. But you also don't leave the house. No. no. It's so weird. It's so weird. Anyway, he comes back and they have this chat. And I really feel like this is the first time we see yeah. a real Jen. First of all, it's the first time no we've makeup. seen her without a full face of makeup. First time. And she's gorgeous. And she's gorgeous. Um, and I get it now. Like I before could understand how when your husband yeah. is away a lot, that can that can can you can struggle with that. I can appreciate that and yeah. relate to that. I had no idea that this whole thing with her dad being so sick and her having to decide to turn off the machines and then go to his funeral on her own without him. I'd be fucking furious and resentful Um, as well. A hundred percent. It leads me to believe that there's something else going on because just knowing who, like knowing head coaches of things, when you have a death in the family, you can send somebody else to go scout for you or go do whatever. Like, there are ways to get out of your job for a death in the family. Nothing of is that serious, are. especially to be there for your wife who has obviously had to make all these hard decisions on her own. Like, I don't know that that weirds me out a little bit. I, I, I agree. I think if my father died and my husband didn't come home. Yeah. I, that would be awful. I mean, I, do, I don't see Jimmy like just being like, well, sorry, I'm on tour. No. Like I see Jimmy I mean, getting on the plane and flying home. I mean, you know, God, I say can. that, but yeah. even that's slightly different. Like I do say that, but I think that I, I couldn't expect him to leave a show because uh, like nobody else can just. Yeah. Or like the next show some, for sure. But I would like plan the funeral so that he could be there when it was happening and he right. would definitely do that. Yeah. But well, he'd also he be wouldn't, on the phone to you constantly. But he wouldn't say, sorry, I'm on tour. I can't come home. I'd be like, the funeral's planned for your day off. You need to fly home and fly back. He'd be like, absolutely. I'll fucking swim the ocean if that's what it takes. And I think, and I really understood why Jen was as mad and upset as she was. And she's gone through all of this on her own. And it explains a lot of Jen crazy behavior. behavior. Yeah, it does. And I think you I think you're right. I think there's something else going on because what we know about Sharif is that he's super supportive, very into family, you know, he's yeah. like got very high principled values. Right. So it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't move the earth to be there for Jen when he, she needed it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I wonder if we'll find out or I don't know. But I will say I I am enjoying Salt Lake City. I know reviews are very mixed on it, but I I am enjoying it. I feel like there's some tweaks that need to be done to it for next season, but um I think those tweaks will be made. Yeah, I could say goodbye to Meredith and Lisa. Yeah. But I think they'll keep them even though like yeah. I can't st- I do not want to see any more Brooks on my TV forever. Me I was no, so happy he was not in this episode. <laughs> I agree. I just can't take it week to week. I feel violated whenever he's on the <laughs> on the fucking screen. Um, let's wrap up this yes. episode with the final show, part one, part Ugh. one of the finale. It's the just stupidest the penultimate titling. fucking show. Whatever. Um, yeah. Southern Charm. The finale's next week. That that's finale's all we next week. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh Southern Charm. Again, I've really fucking enjoyed this season. Um, yes. I think it's been a great mix of like 
real life shit and drama. They have handled everything that has come up this year so well on this show. The OC handled it so badly. Mm-hmm. This show got it so right. And I, I appreciate the difference. And I think it's been much more refreshing to see. So whoever the production company of Southern Charm is, like, you nailed it. Well done. Agreed. Um, before we move on to kind of the hot topic, let's yeah. just discuss the Austin Madison clusterfuck. Madison, I have loved in Me every too. episode this season up until this one. I, I agree. hate that she went to Austin's house and dicked around with him because that's what she did. Well, so here's the thing. Like she turns up at Austin's house. I'm like, that's weird. Just leave it alone. But then yeah. she sits down and, she, and I'm thinking, oh, this is the Madison that I know and love. I'm, I wanted to say sorry for my behavior. You triggered me. I was yeah. a bitch. It was uncalled for. I want to own my behavior. I thought for sure. Madison's once again, turning up and being the adult. Agreed. And then, and then Austin's like, but can I date other people? She's like, no, no, I'll never tell you. You can date other people. I love you more than I've loved anybody else. My entire life. Shut Bull the fuck up. Fucking shit. Bullshit. You can't do that. No, it's not right. It's not okay. Especially it's not okay. You no, know, you know how Austin's going to take that. We've been here before. It's it's been two years of this ridiculous back and forth, and it's just it it made me hate her just a little bit. And then to see her like, I just want to walk in in my wedges and watch Austin's face as it happens. I'm like, we are better than this. Yeah, come on, like go just in, go flirt be with kind, Pringle and be fine. Just be kind. Yeah. Like, I know that love sends you mental and breakups send you to a crazy place, but I feel right. like her attitude is just, just, it's ruined everything, the whole season for me. For sure. For sure. Like, I wanted her to just walk in and be cool. Like, fine, if you want to dress up a little bit and like make your ex, you know, a little insane, fine. But you can do it and act a different way. Yeah. But like, she was livid. He didn't say hi to her and then like went and chased him. And it's like, this is the drama nobody wants to see and nobody wants like it's just gross on both sides they bring out the worst in each other i agree with craig on absolutely nothing except his (laughs) perception of austin and madison he's got them down if you make craig make sense there's something wrong with your behavior (laughs) (laughs) if craig's the one making sense you have to think that maybe you're the one that isn't reason no it's not allowed no, it's not okay. 2021 is bad, but it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, um, man. And then, of course, let's move on to the the real, I think, heart of this whole season, which has been handled so beautifully, which is Catherine's issues and the way that the others have responded and how the show has highlighted that so well. For sure. I thought it was... Well, first, I thought it was interesting how the boys really had no idea of the story behind the emoji and just thought everybody was upset about the emoji until Leva explained the conversation that went around the use of the emoji, which was actually the issue. I mean, the emoji was terrible, but like it's yeah. the conversation around it about minority platforms and yeah. that kind of hate that was not cool. I think I had a problem with that because I've seen the boys defend Catherine and they were defending Catherine to Lever five seconds before Lever tells them. Right. And she tells them. And then as soon as they know, they're like, oh my God, that's so hot. I, I can't defend that. That's awful. Well, but I'm like, why didn't you know this when you were defending her? Like, why be- didn't you make it your 
fucking responsibility to find out what she'd done before you defended her well, so Leva heavily. Well, Leva calls it out. That's white privilege. These are white yeah. men because it doesn't pertain to them. They don't do any sort of digging into what the issue around it and why everybody else may be upset. It's not their issue. It doesn't hurt them, so they don't really give a shit. So they spend absolutely no effort in finding out the real true story. They're just going to back up their girl because she's young and pretty and sad. Well, and she has a real fucking skill at relating to boys and men and making oh, them want to protect her. to the and highest it, degree. It, it's almost subconscious. Like, it's just in her genes. This is how she has been brought up to make men look after her. And coddle is exactly the right word. She, Lever nails it. She sure. gets these men to coddle her. I'm going to disagree with you, though. I don't think it's subconscious for Catherine. I think Catherine knows what she's doing. And she plays it to her advantage. Yes. She no, I think you're right. But I think the talent is like something she is just bought. Like she just oh, fucking knows. For sure. From her insides out how but to she manipulate knows what these women. I feel like when you say it's subconscious, yeah. it's like she's doing it without knowing. Like, no, no, she's very conscious of how she's playing these men. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and I think it, it's just testament it's again it's like you can look at how brandy has responded and how Catherine's responded seeing her open up her laptop to have a desktop screenshot of herself yeah on it and then to play the victim again and again and again to go nobody really gets me and i think everybody thinks i'm something that i'm not and we talked no, about everybody it knows we exactly put it in our audiogram <laughs> fuck it's not people aren't generally consciously racist you know it's yeah. getting to the people that are have this unconscious bias and she just cannot and will not see it. No, no. It'll be, it'll be very interesting when she comes up to the party. I feel she's going to get a little bit of her comeuppance. It makes me cannot, I cannot wait to see the reunion. I hope they do a reunion for the show. Um, I can't wait to see all of that, but we have one more episode when Catherine shows up to the party. So we'll see how the boys uh, react to that. Yeah. I think we'll be back talking about white privilege again. Uh, I'm pretty sure we will be. <laughs> and with that, I think yes. it's probably time for us to wrap up. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to us. We hope that wherever you are, if you're in lockdown Mark 3 in the UK, or maybe if you're just starting to get feel a bit more normal. I mean, you feel pretty normal now, right? I feel, or- I feel fairly normal. I'm a little frightful for what's going to be happening this week, like just with our politics and the major cities and things of that nature, because there's been some dark shit being called out. But, uh, you know, hopefully one day people will learn. Well, listen, it doesn't really matter where you are. I think wherever you are, it's hard. And so for that, we send you all our love. Um, Absolutely. But yes, Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. But remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.